You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum, recorded from a secret location in the city that moves mountains. Greetings. We come in peace. Oh, how's your week been? Pretty good so far. How about you? It's been good. It's been good. Uh, Coming back this week, no listener email, no Mm -hmm. question of the week, no LH articles, because we're going to have part two of the roundtable discussion. That's exciting. With me, you, Elliot, and Eli. It's a good one. Uh, It's a very good one. We're going to talk about the Mantell UFO incident and the Stanford abduction. Both of those stories took place right here in Kentucky, the Bluegrass State. That's exciting stuff. Very, very, very exciting. You, I think, I think all our listeners will enjoy this one. I think they will too. Uh, we shouldn't delay. We should just go ahead and get right to it. What do you think? I agree. All right. Without further ado, here is part two of our roundtable discussion. And welcome to segment two of our roundtable discussion on here to chew bubble gum. I'm Goose. To my right is Cronkite. We have Elliot of Elliot's article straight across from me. And special guest, comedian Eli. Hello, hello. How are you doing, sir? I am nervous, but we'll see how this goes. This is my first time ever being on somebody else's podcast, but it's fun. I think this is going to be a good time. Uh, I love stuff like uh, conspiracy theories and especially UFOs, government conspiracies, Bigfoot, like the awesome shirt that Elliot has on today. Thank you. Thank so uh, this is going to be very exciting. I'm, I'm, it's an honor to be here. Well, we, we are glad to have you here. Now, you do stand-up comedy and getting up and facing an audience. I know that's nerve-wracking because I've done it myself. This is more nerve-wracking than that really? to me. Yes. Really? Yeah. Well, but, uh, why is that? That's, that's strange. No, man. It's Because up there, it's just everybody's drunk. You know, it's easy to uh, okay. drunk people just tell offensive jokes. But on here, like I really got to get my brain working and kind of sound a little bit smart. And when you're doing camp comedy, you don't have to sound smart, especially with mine. But... uh I've done my homework, though, so uh, we're good. We'll, we'll have some fun here. Excellent. We're going to start out talking about the Mantell UFO incident that happened in our home state of Kentucky. Um, just a little bit of background. On January 7, 1948, 25-year-old Captain Thomas F. Mantell, a Kentucky Air National Guard pilot, died in the crash of his P-51 Mustang uh, fighter plane near Franklin, Kentucky, United States after being sent in a pursuit of an unidentified flying object. Uh, The event was among the most publicized of early UFO incidents. Now, Cronkite, we've talked about this on the show before. We have. Um, I don't think we've ever (laughs) talked about it together. No, 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 I'm not not questioning that we have, but I concur. We certainly have, sir. Okay, okay. It did sound for a second. Like, where was I? I'm I'm, I'm asleep right now. I understand. I understand. (laughs) Now, I was just reading that, so if some of our listeners are not familiar with that incident, just basic, a little basic background on uh, the Mantell UFO incident. Basically, Thomas Mantell, you know, he uh, tragically died in that crash uh, pursuing the UFO. And, uh, you know, that was very publicized. And it happened in January 7th, 1948, just about six months after Roswell. Uh, Elliot, we'll start with you. What's your, what's your whole take and opinion on the Mantell incident? Here's the thing. So, Mantell was a uh, World War II uh, fighter pilot. He he was over D-Day. He helped, you know, uh, fight at D-Day. Um, he was a well-trained pilot. Th- this is the first, I don't know if you all realize this, but this is the first Kentucky airman in Kentucky to crash. 
this was the first death they had. So, oh, wow. I mean, other than this being, you know, a UFO encounter or whatever, this was big news. This was, you know, this was one of those things. But the fact that he is a hero pilot, he's a well-decorated pilot. He's a young pilot, though. He's, what is he, 20? 20, 25. 25, yeah, 25. 25. So, I mean, he... he is not somebody who he may have a little bit of recklessness about him, I'm sure, you know, but the man flew over D Day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he is he's a he's been in the thick of things before. So, you know, to me it makes me wonder if he's that good of a pilot that he survived World War Two, he come out, he's in Kentucky. What brought that plane down? Because I, I don't think it was pilot error. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't. If you look at the facts of the case, he's chasing after something. They pick it up on radar. He's chasing after it. He has people chasing with him. They pull back. He keeps going. But like I said, he's been in combat. You know, it's it's not like it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, you know, and you bring up a good point. Uh, he he was a decorated pilot. Yeah. He would know the difference in something that was aircraft from that man made. Planet Earth versus not. Uh, plus, I think he also uh, stated that when he got a close look at this, he said, "Oh my God, there's people. There's people. In this there's thing. people yeah. in it. Yeah, he so. did. And and here's the other thing: Project Sign. Everybody, Project Sign was the the project before Blue Book. Mm-hmm. It was what the Amer- and they came up with. He was chasing the planet Venus. If I'm a decorated pilot, I mean, I'm not a decorated pilot. I'm I'm you know just Joe Schmo. I think I would know the difference between a metallic craft with people inside of it and the planet Venus. You well, know you know, to, and to your point, um, he served World War II, flew over Normandy. He had um, over 20, 2100, 2200 hours of flight time. Mm-hmm. He's a, he is a skilled pilot at 25 years old. And you have to think about the times here. Yeah, you said he's a, he's a young pilot. He may be a little reckless, but at the same time, this man had to grow up fast exactly. in a time of war. He's not going to be a type of person who's looking at you're right, Venus, you know, or, yeah. or or no. He's going to know the difference between a balloon, a planet, and a, and a craft. And not to not to continue talking, but you brought up something that I want to mention too. So if it's not Venus, they say it's a weather balloon. Mm. What kind of weather balloon moves at 500 miles per hour that a World War II dogfighter cannot catch it and overtake it? Well, now according to Project Blue Book, he said he may have died chasing a skyhook balloon, which at the time was. A top uh, secret product, but a balloon is just—it's just that. It's a balloon. It's—it's it's not powered. It's—it's it's right. floating, right? As far as I know, anybody? Yeah. See, I don't know much about the uh, Skyhook weather balloon, and with that being a top secret ordeal at the time, one thing that made sense to me about this theory is that you know the government didn't want to be blamed for the first airman in Kentucky to die chasing a one of their top secret weather sure, balloons sure. so what would look better to the public eye to blame it on ufos or to take the blame for the first airman in kentucky to go down and die right and also one thing that uh he pointed out that they did get in audio that people say that they did hear is uh he said it was large and metallic the skyrocket weather balloon was a hundred feet in diameter it's pretty big and it was also had aluminum sidings, which would explain the metallic look that mm-hmm. he was mentioning. Because whenever it comes to the whole ordeal with him saying, like, oh, my God, there's people in it and some of the other outrageous things that he said, there's only a few handful of people that will say that, yes, he did say that. Right. But in stuff like the uh, large and metallic, 
there seems to be a lot more claims to back those statements up other than the stuff that somebody said that he did say. I wish that we had, like, they released the actual audio of him yeah. talking about this. Mm-hmm. Because whenever you're talking about a story like this, it just sucks so much to rely, to rely on he said, she said. But then you think, you have to, like, I look at it at the government point of view on that, too. If they release it, and he actually said there are people inside this, how do they explain that? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, exactly. no matter what. Like, how do they, and even if it was a... To this day, you know, the Skyhook, like I, I've been reading about the Skyhook while you were talking there. The Skyhook wasn't a man. It wasn't a man, you know. Yeah. So the people inside, where did they? Same thing that happened at Roswell. So in what, in 1994, they come back and say it's, it's a weather balloon. And, and then. It had test dummies. It had test. Who in the world's putting test dummies in a weather like Again, I'm not yeah. a person, but if I'm in the military, but if I'm. Testing a weather balloon, why am I putting dummies in it? You know right, I mean? and, and, you know, to your point, as far as a balloon goes, um, you, you could, if if there were people inside of it, and they did release that, you could say, well, the government could come back and say, because at this time, keep in mind, there are still Zeppelins, you know, Hindenburg was in, what, 1920 or 13 or something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which would fit the description of a large metallic craft with people inside. Now, but Zeppelin came later. And <laughs> when did they come around? When they they came around when the levees broke. Okay, okay. That's when they came around. I like that. It was a smooth transition. Yes, what do you think yes, about yes, that? Yes, it was. <laughs> Elliot is 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 quite the guy. Yes, yeah, I mean, in, in in this whole case, I think they've always said, you know, when they can't explain something, it's a weather balloon. Right, right, and and. I think they need to come up with some new BS because I'm yeah. not buying the weather balloon. See, stuff. but but in some instances like this too, like. It may not be aliens. It may just be other top secret aircraft at the time that they didn't want to mention at the time. So, oh, it's top secret weather balloon, not a top right. secret whatever else it may be. Well, now, you're exactly right as far as that goes. Now, because right around this time is when commercial aviation is going to start to take off. So, yeah. well, playing it, yeah, with the pressurization. was an incredible time for that, right. especially with the Nazis and exactly. everything else. Okay, and you made a very good point, but if that was the fact... Wouldn't they let once this chase started? You know, it, it's and and you know uh, the army structured. You have a chain of command to follow, and it starts going up. You know, I'm sure people in the control sta- in the um, uh, control tower started getting a hold of people above them. If that was the case, and it was a secret army project, wouldn't they say, "Hey, tell him to disregard. We know what it is." You know, we'll see what. Or wouldn't you give them a heads up the day before? Hey, if you get any reports of strange objects, we're going to be doing some tests. Don't ask any questions. Yeah, you you would think. But one thing that really I, I have a big question about is I know he's this experienced pilot and all that stuff, but why did he keep descending up to a point of no oxygen with everybody that was falling behind him turning around? Right. You would think that you know sooner or later you're going to lose oxygen, man, and you're going to crash. So he he had the first visual of it, like you know, of course they've got an radar and, and the people with him. If I'm a pilot and I'm an American pilot and I see something that I don't know what it is, I mean I'm just Again, I'm speculating. I don't. I can't be in Mr. Mantel's head, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna chase that until I get that order to come back because that is something completely different and could be. It's flying over my home state. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's. It's. I'm. I am a hero pilot. 
it's flying over my home state, and we don't know what it is, and right. nobody on the ground knows what it is. I'm, I'm doing my due diligence. I'm chasing that. But I understand exactly yeah. what you're saying. I, like, I, I just wish that he would have turned around because then he could have lived to yeah, actually tell us. Yeah. I mean, he could have, he could have gotten tunnel vision. I mean, that, that see, happens see, a that, lot. See, that's what I was thinking, too, with, with – when I, as you were saying, like it was going 500 miles an hour, mm-hmm. what if it was just tunnel vision due to the lack of oxygen that made him think it was going he's just that, locked, that fast? He's just locked onto this object, and he's trying to get there. He's not paying attention to his altitude. I think I read something that says that twenty eight to 30,000 feet is where he finally lost control of the aircraft and started coming down. Yeah, yeah. Four, 14... 14,000 feet is where you need to put on your, your oxygen mask and those old P-51s, mm-hmm. and I think he had already got up to 22.5 when the other planes had disengaged. Yeah. Well, and there was only one one aircraft that was actually equipped with oxygen that I read, and, and it was one of the others that turned around. Well, I, I, see, I didn't. That, that's, a, that's a good thing now, to know. There, <laughs> there, there is also <clears throat> a, a, a conspiracy on the crash. Hmm. Uh, some people claim that his body was uh, riddled with bullets. Uh, some people claim that he was not injured at all. Uh, some people claim that, you know, his head was taken off. Uh, you know, what's some of your guys' thoughts on that? I think if you're going to have a high-impact, high-speed and steep impact into the ground, I don't think you'll be able to tell much about the body. That's you know what, what I'm mean? saying, uh, yeah. That- now, if, if, he, if he blacked out from lack of oxygen, depending on his rate of descent, he could have woken up, um, you know, before he hit the ground and, and maybe regained control. But at the same time, you know, if that if that actually did happen, if he could have regained control, uh, why wouldn't he have? You know what I mean? If it was his, was his aircraft damaged too badly, was he injured? You know, what's the problem? Because I read something about that he was heading towards a school, and at the last minute he, he wow, supposedly ve- veered off and crashed mm-hmm. by this lake. Now – that's what somebody had somebody had written something about that. But if that were the case, those P fifty ones are pretty. They're pretty quick as far as mm-hmm. being able to maneuver. Uh, well, for for the time, you know what I mean. And so it seems to me like if that were the case, if he were able to maneuver away from a school, he would have been able to pull out of a dive or a spiral or whatever. But now I don't know. I mean, it, for for whatever reason, Mister Mantel crashed this aircraft he was either unconscious or the aircraft was damaged too badly and if that's the case then i don't think that he would have been able to steer away from the school right well uh air force captain edward j ruplett the first head of project blue book wrote about the mantel crash he wrote that he'd always heard a lot of wild speculation about the condition of mantel's crashed uh plane he wired for a copy of the accident report and he has noted a saying that it said mantel's body had not been burned had not disintegrated, had, was not full of holes, and the wreck was not radioactive, nor was it magnetized. Uh, again, Mantel was the first member of the Kentucky Air National Guard to die in flight. And that is an official report from the uh, head, hmm. later on head of Project Blue Book. Wow. Yeah, I've I seen that too, but it just doesn't make any sense to me that his body was you know, all, all good after falling 33 thousand feet from the air and something that will explode when it hits the ground sure i just i don't well it, unless, unless he was out of fuel if he was out of fuel there's not going to be a much of a, a much of a fire or an explosion or or whatever which now could have been one well, that could be they could be series of events that, that actually caused this this airplane to crash uh he could have blacked out 
at around the same time that he was running out of gas. You know what I mean? Because it says the other two pulled back when when he they were getting low on fuel. Exactly. Yeah. There, there was point. a neighbor. Um, I think the the crash happened. I think. And again, I've I've left my notes. I brought their own notebook, but I'm going by memory here. But um, two hundred two hundred and fifty yards. <laughs> I'm sorry, two hundred fifty yards from the house. Uh, she watched the plane crash. Uh, a local firefighter is actually is, is on record as saying he's the person who helped get uh, Mantell's body out of the aircraft itself, and that there was, he had been decapitated. That's where that report comes from. And later on. Uh, he he even mentioned that his watch had stopped at I think three eighteen p.m. I've seen that yeah. Too. Yeah. So um, and then a uh, the coroner actually backed up the whole watch had stopped at three eighteen p.m. He had noted that in the mm-hmm. official report. But then there's an author. His name is Timothy Good, and he wrote a book about the Mantell incident. And I cannot remember the title of the book. If anybody can find that that book and let us know if anybody's got it in your all's notes. But he actually got a hold of pictures of the plane. Uh, he noted that the Navy did not send anybody in to investigate the plane or the area for 12 hours after the crash. So no inve- no official uh, military investigator got there for 12 hours, even though it was that close to the base. Mm-hmm. So that tells me something. That tells me, you know, Something was up. something's up there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> also, in those pictures, you can see tiny holes in the side of the plane. Um what that could be, I don't know. I'm not even going to speculate on that. I mean, it's just tiny holes inside of the plane. But the plane supposedly dropped from 30,000 feet. The wings and the fuselage are, according to Good, and, and there are photos out there, uh, they're all intact. And the cockpit itself had no blood. So, if the if the fireman is correct, and, they got, and he got the body out, the body was missing a head... Shouldn't there be blood in that situation? I mean, you would think there would be. Well, if, I would you think would if think. you if the aircraft fell from thirty thousand feet, the wings the would be, wings wouldn't be on yeah. right either. That's the other point I was going to make. And then the the last thing is a, a lot of the witnesses, and this is in the official report too, heard two explosions before it hit the ground. So where were those explosions from? What caused those explosions? And you know, it, it's just a, it's an interesting case. It's it's a very interesting case, and. Uh, there is one way that we can find out exactly the shape and the condition of the body. If anybody has a shovel. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, you gotta, you gotta Eli go to extreme. Got you gotta go to extremes got nowadays. I'm just doing research midway through. I'm sorry. Why is your face turning red? Yeah, it's just a stupid joke. It's <laughs> no, no disrespect. Oh no, we're doing it. That's so. the, no, we're doing it. We're not joking around. <laughs> but that, that, that don't. To me, that don't look like a plane that went down in a downward spiral. No, no. It seems like, well, if, if somebody did say that he regained control and steered away from right. the school, it does look like it landed. As I'm, good yeah. as it could. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he was still probably going really fast and hit a lot of trees and still died because of the impact. Sure. But I just don't think that's a downward spiral. No, no, I, I don't either. Why did your face turn so red when I made that joke? Because I was lost. I wasn't sure what we were talking about. Because I'm trying to figure was, out the book, but Elliot was talking about. Him up, man. I got you. I got, I'm with you. I'm so, with you now. I was, Elliot, so, I was trying I'm, to figure out where to get the shovels from. I was like, well, I know I've so, got one. But. So Timothy Good, being a British author, he had he had several books, uh, and he had uh, the worldwide UFO cover up. Is that is that the one? I'm maybe you're talking about? I'm thinking it is. 1987. I, yes, I believe so. Um, he had done a Freedom of Information Act. Somehow had stumbled upon the, the photos. The photos weren't public knowledge up until his book came out. 
as far as I remember. Well, there's and, several books here about UFOs. Uh, okay. So, I mean, Timothy Good, though, that's – we. I can always put it in a future Elliot's article, you know. Like yeah, definitely. Throw that definitely. in there. But I feel like I've talked way too much. No, 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 no. I feel like you're all like – I, and I hope I didn't offend you by that joke. Oh, no, I, I was I like no. I said. I just you, you would think though, like uh, nothing offends me. How do how, I wonder how the government figures out what stuff becomes public knowledge after so long? Because they released quite a bit of yes. stuff. Uh, was it last year or the year before? Why yeah. wasn't this in there? And well, they they recently released a bunch of stuff. What back in the end of January? None of this mm. stuff is in there. Yeah. See, that, so, that, that, that's another thing that kind of And what they did release was all redacted anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. I, mean, so. I mean, they could even take the blame for the pilot back in the 40s. Today, nobody's going to care about it no, then. No, so, I, 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 uh Bottom line, I definitely think something strange and unexplainable. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even if it's something strange in the equipment they were using, there was something that's just not right and something I think that needs to be looked into. And if it's something strange as far as man-made object within our own government, that's definitely strange in well, itself. You know, yeah. when we're talking about this, and we've talked about it a lot on the show, I don't want to go back to it, but that could have been Nazis that had survived. Sure, absolutely. You know? I mean, if you go down that theory. Well, oh, yeah, and there's a lot of good stuff in that. You know, NASA was created basically by our well yeah. we, we use the nazis to create nasa Werner von braun yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah. i mean so. whenever it comes to whole aviation and spacecraft yeah. the nazis they, they they were pretty good at it you got it got to get and that goes back to the black forest incident in 1936 which was their roswell incident yeah. and you cannot find a lot about that well and that's around the time we've talked about this Very before minimal. is when you know, Hitler started coming into power, and he started putting a lot of lockdown on the information that was coming out mm-hmm. and to the public. And so, you know, I, the, there's not a whole lot of information that comes out of about Germany in that area <laughs> anywhere in that time, anyway. And a lot, I mean, uh, this is going to sound horrible, but and it's all skewed. I Dude, mean, I, it, I, it really I, is. I, I already made a joke about digging him up, so it's not going to sound. <laughs> no, but I mean, like you know, we 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 won, we won the war. And the winners, you know, write the history books. So, back to back world right, champs. Back to back world champs. So, yeah. like, we don't know what kind of, you know, th- there's a there's a conspiracy theory that says that the way we got the nuclear weapons was we we found a sub and we found a defector and that's Germany had already made them and we just took them and used them. I don't believe that, but I mean, like, all this stuff is out there. You know what I mean? Like, you're never going to get a clear no. picture of what happened there. Well, and, and, you know, you make a good point as far as that goes. I remember growing up in school and, and learning, you know, about history and, thing, or, you know, World War Two things like that. I was never told that there was an actual aircraft battle over U.S. soil, and that was in Alaska during World War Two. I didn't know that. Well, uh, I never heard of that yeah. either. Well, and, and that's what I say is like he says, you the winners write the write the history. So I mean, you know, of course they're not going to tell. I was you. I was never told about Nikola Tesla in school, and I was no. loved. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, yeah. Let me just go ahead and throw this out there: Nazis are bad. I don't think. <laughs> like, Seems like we talk about Nazis up, a lot on this like, show. Nazis, <laughs> we, we do not like Nazis no, here. We are not fans of Nazis. Nazis are bad. Yeah, we and you know we talk about them a lot. Just because their technology was so advanced. Well, and that's what we're talking about. That, that, that's, that's kind of what we talked about once before is like something had to happen. And because either it's in the water in that specific area of the world that there was this many super geniuses. I don't think it was in the water. Or 
they had a crashed craft. That that's that's the only, two, in my opinion, that is the only two options that there could be because at the time, nineteen twenties, thirties, forties, there it. This technology doesn't exist. Crash. I mean, we're going down a whole other line yeah. here. Like yeah. we could get, we could talk about Foo Fighters. We could talk about the Battle of Los Anibus. Angeles. We could talk about you know all these different things. Well, uh, we're going to move on. And <laughs> I agree with you. Wait, what, one second before okay. we move on. Hold on a second. Let me let me throw this out here. And again, I'm talking way too much, but I I, I found this when I was uh, going through some stuff. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out an incident, and you tell me which one I'm talking about, okay? And okay. it should be real easy. Uh, a young World War II decorated pilot in a P-51 chasing after an unidentified flying object or an unidentified aerial phenomenon. The Mantell incident. Incorrect. The Gorman dogfight in Fargo, North Dakota, which happened just six months later, is almost an identical copy to what happened with Captain Mantell, except the uh, Gorman, who was the World War II hero at that time, mm -hmm. flew like disengaged and came back. Same thing was brought up. Uh, he, it was a weather balloon. Nope, it wasn't a weather balloon. He was chasing... This time they did make it a little bit different. They said this time he was chasing the planet Jupiter instead of the planet yeah. Venus. <laughs> so, I mean, this stuff... like we, I don't know if we talked about it on air or if this was before. But all of this stuff happened in the 1940s. 1947 and 48. It's so strange because, you know, it's brand new. Right. No one knows what to think of it. And it's happening all over America. Yeah. Well, let me... Let, let me add to that and tell you a case and see if you all have heard of this. There is a kid that's living with his aunt and uncle in the desert. He does not know. His mom died early. <laughs> and I can already tell by your look. You know what I'm talking about. You want to go ahead and take a guess? Uh, is his sister uh, part of the royalty of a yes, faraway place? Yes, yeah. yes, she is. Yeah, I think I got it. I'm I talking about I'm Star Wars. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Well, you know, whenever it comes to the 40s, that's what really got me into aliens because something, to me, it made sense. We're much different than anything else on this planet. I mean, coyotes are a lot like chihuahuas. You know, they're, I mean, size yeah. difference, but they all walk on fours. Now, well, basically, there's so many animals here on Earth that are like other animals. There is nothing like human beings. And if we have been genetically altered throughout our history to become what we are now, I mean, there's you don't see any giraffes recording a podcast. We're the, we're the only creatures on Earth that records podcasts. If we are a form of genetic mutation from something else, and they are keeping tabs on us, like almost a, like the Truman Show, they watch us, Whenever we start dropping nukes on each other and start having actual world wars, they're probably going to come down and say, what the hell are you monkeys doing? You know, I mean, you got to calm down. And you never heard it. Well, I mean, I guess you heard instances of UFOs before the 40s. But whenever World War II happened, it's like it kicked into high, high gear. gear. You had more sightings and stuff. Yeah, and, right. and, that, and that's just something that, that's what really got me interested in UFOs in the first place because that's something that is, is just weird about it. Now, you know, there's some theories out there that there is, there was UFOs, but that they've died off. And that's why we've never been contacted again. That's that's one of the conspiracy theories out there. And then there's one that says there's like six different species and they've yeah. all visited Earth. Yeah, but and, and you don't really know what to believe. But whenever you start looking back in like ancient scripture or the writings on the wall in the Great Pyramids of Giza, or 
even in uh, I forget where it's at in South America, but the things that were drawn in the, the Earth, the, yeah, they yeah. can only see from the sky. There's just some stuff that you cannot explain, and we may have been that advanced in in a before time, and then a catastrophic event happens that puts us back in the Stone Age. Who knows? Yeah. Or it could be that we're not alone. I mean, hell, you look up in the sky, you see. Thousands of stars. Yeah. A star is a sun with planets revolving around it. You mean to tell me with that many, many. billions of chances of life that we're the only ones? I don't think so. Well, yeah. what's, what's scarier? That there's something out there or that there isn't? Like, which one's the scarier it, thought? It, exactly. You know? That's a good, yeah. that's a good and, 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 and it could be either one. That's the thing. It's crazy. To me, it would be that there isn't anything. Yeah, who wants to be the only you thing? Know? You know? I mean, yeah. and, and, and go back. We've mentioned it on the show a few times. We did even a segment on it. Uh, the Reagan Diaries, nineteen, I think, nineteen eighty-five or eighty-six. He wrote that he had saw a craft on this planet that could hold three hundred people in nineteen eighty-five. Well, and he even asked uh, the Soviet leader uh, Gorbachev if we needed your help, uh, would you help us? You know, so he wrote that in his diary, nineteen eighty-five, that there was a we had access to a ship that could hold three hundred people in space. Yeah. So and, and and I believe it too because while I come from a really big military background in my family, I've got family members that were in weapons and development within the military, and they've told me some pretty wild stuff about inventions that they had way back in the day, like they had discs that were almost like CDs and DVDs back in the seventies. Right. Uh, I've got family members that worked on the Blackbird before that was released back to the public, so, and they even said that like they like that they've tried saucer craft before but it's just hard to get it to operate well, I mean, so they don't mess around with it when you look at the nuclear bombers what are they they're triangle crafts you know what yeah, i mean they're it, like, exactly they're triangle crafts. but but I, but some of these whenever it comes to some instances of ufos and almost like the mantle case to me it would make sense for it to be some top some type of top secret thing that the military is working on that they don't want to take the blame for the death over somebody chasing it but I mean, and, exactly. and, and who knows, but I just, I wish that they would release more about it. I don't know why they haven't. And to me, that is weird. Right. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's a good point. I mean, like, if these, the Skyhook balloon is not classified anymore, we know what it is. There's a Wikipedia article on it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, why not release that information? Exactly. exactly. So. You're exactly right. As far as the nuclear power, or the, the nuclear bombers go, yes, they are trying, they're delta wing shaped or whatever. But we are the only country in the world that will honestly take an aircraft that was built in the 50s and revamp it to where it's going to last 100 years. The service life of a B-52, which is also a nuclear bomber, is up until 2052 now. Wow. Which really? is, yes, it's over 100 years for one aircraft. That's crazy. That's insane. But at the same time, we're, yes, sp- we're, we're spending $5 you know, billion dollars on a Delta Wing uh I'm over five billion. I'm sure it's more than that yeah. now, you know. Yeah. But that, we're the only country in the world that that would that would take a a 1920 or a 1986 Cutlass Supreme and put a LS motor in it and send it for another. Well, hello, G. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Was, yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. But you all said it the other day. Uh, I can't remember which show it was. I listened to all of them, by the way. I just want to thank know, you. You know, considering you know. That Elliot, he's really good. Yes, but, um, yes, yes. And I wish more people would mention my name when you 
write in people. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, anyway. But you all mentioned it the other day that the military is so far ahead of what we have as civilians as far as, you know, uh, technology, technology mm-hmm. goes. Like, imagine. Like, imagine what was out there. You know, I mean, I'm... I'm thinking of those Evangelon robots from Japan. You know, they've got a huge yeah, exactly. one like that. Yeah. Like, what do we have and where is it at? Yeah. Like, I mean, what are they not telling us yeah, about, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, even something as simple as the Blackbird. I mean, everybody knows about it now, but back in the day, that was top secret stuff that you did not mention. Right. And, exactly. yeah, yeah, and you know, nowadays, I mean, hell, we can I can FaceTime somebody in Japan on yeah. this phone right here. I can see somebody on the total different side of the world. And this right here is public knowledge. This right here, the iPhone, is crazy in itself. One of the craziest pieces of technology that we have. If what, I, what are they not telling us about? Yeah. 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 If I would have had an iPhone when I was a teenager back in the late 80s, I would have been in a world trouble. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would have been in a world trouble. So, but you know, I mean, yeah, you know, like you said, talking about that. I mean, that's stuff it, they did on Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. You know, but and, it, but and also too, whenever it comes to some UFOs, and even this may be the mantle incident, we're kind of naive to think like we're the only country that is this advanced with aerodynamics. I mean, yeah, Germany, yeah. we if it wasn't for Germany, we probably wouldn't be anything. Whenever it comes to aerodynamics, that's, and, that's a fact. And, yeah. and and who's to say that you know like. Again, Nazis bad. <laughs> Nazis are very bad. But dang, them guys were smart when it came to airplanes. They were very but, smart. But, but uh, you know, who's, who's to say that this might not be a Russian craft that uh, is just trying to one-up the United States or something like that, say, hey, look at us. Kind of like a, one incident that I love and that not a lot of people know about, and it's hard to explain, and I'm sorry that I'm rambling here. No, but, no, please. But, but uh, was it back in the 50s that the lights came above the White House? Yeah. Yes. That is crazy. Yeah, there was a it, whole there was a whole flap. Like it, yeah. it lasted for like two weeks, I think it was. It was something crazy, and, and I mean, everybody's seen it. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people seen it, and you don't hear crap about well, it. And then it happened again, what, just a couple of years ago too, didn't it? Two thousand seventeen or eighteen? It was late. But it was yeah, middle two thousand something so, like that. Yeah, yeah. it happened again. Yeah. So I mean, so. like, who's to say that's not? The theory about an alien race that's keeping tabs on us, saying, "Hey, well, yeah, calm down." <laughs> or if it's Russia, China, whoever, saying, "Ah, we can, but we're good too. We, yeah. we, we got a you military know, if, too." If I had to pick between aliens and a zombie apocalypse, I think I would choose the aliens. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's more that's more it's more likely. In, 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 a, in a weird sense, it well, is more likely. You know, actually, the CDC has a complete guidelines on hey, what to do in a zombie listen, apocalypse. The Kentucky Wildlife Organization put out a Bigfoot. Yes, yeah, 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 that was amazing. That. Was that real? 100% that was real. Like, the, so, they really did. Re- I, so, I think it was a joke. You know, okay. like, uh, gotcha. but it gotcha. was put out. Yeah, I mean, they released it. So. <laughs> well, but, but next time, if y'all ever talk about like Bigfoot and Yetis, I'd love to come back. Oh to that yeah, podcast. for sure. We'll, we'll I like stuff like that. I definitely have you back. <laughs> but uh, who knows? Elliot, you rolled your eyes when I said zombie apocalypse. No, I was thinking, so, I don't know. I, aliens, instead of, I think I would rather take the zombies. Really? Why? I mean, you can shoot a zombie in the head. We don't know where the head is on an alien. <laughs> well, but, you know, Just because I mean, it's got eyes up there don't mean that's where its brain is. Yeah, you know? <laughs> look, at, look at all Man. the TV shows we've always overcome and conquered. That's true. You know? Well, I mean, yeah, and as long as Will Smith is alive, I think we're okay. <laughs> but I don't know. I just I think I would rather go with the zombies. 
Yeah, well, it's a that, hard that, choice. Yeah, that 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 would be a much safer bet because if somebody, if what about if, you? If an, would you choose? Well, if an alien race is advanced enough to come light years away from a different galaxy into ours. We don't stand a chance. We we can barely get know. to Mars at this point. No, you're we, exactly right. But but well, we got to make sure that we're like, hey, we make really good pets. Y'all just just feed us and water us. We're good. Well, well there's that. You know, I mean, <laughs> we've got to hope for it. We're just for mercy, basically. And and the other thing is, I mean, aliens are in ships that move 500, 1,000 miles per hour. Zombies, they're slow. I'm I'm a fat guy. I can get re- I can get away from a zombie. Represent, now, Elliot. Yes. Represent. But I'm now, with you right there. Bro. Aliens, not so much. You know, it's true. Yeah, a- aliens don't eat the McDonald's right. and all that. Yeah, right. and I'm getting right there with you, man. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, you, you're <laughs> you're real close. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm up to extra large now. I'm yeah, extra large. Later, extra, extra you large. Hurt yourself. <laughs> extra large. Now there's a there's a size I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> This is about thirteen. <laughs> but, but but whenever it comes to aliens, I don't know if it's like little green men. Hell, they could they could look just like us. But if they do, they could. And, and they're probably more advanced and better fitted. Whatever. Yeah, we don't stand well, a chance. Well, you know, I have always envisioned. You know, if 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 they do exist, that their body is adapted to their planet, their environment. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and, and there's like a lot the of Earth like planets out there. The domes on their heads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, That's but 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 the mantle there. case is weird. Another one that I didn't know about before uh, today is the abduction story about yes, the three women. Yes, oh yeah. We'll move on to that uh, <coughs> briefly. Uh, Eli's on a time schedule. Oh uh, yeah. You know you can you, you can understand a working comedian is <sighs> is always always booked. The uh, Stanford abduction. It happened on January 6, sixth, nineteen seventy six, right here in the bluegrass state of Kentucky. Uh, just a brief uh, synopsis. Uh, three friends, three ladies, uh, were celebrating Mona Stafford's 36th birthday. Uh, her friends, Louise Smith and Elaine Thompson, they decided to drive 35 minutes from their home in Liberty, Kentucky, to a diner at the Redwoods Restaurant between Stanford and Lancaster, Kentucky. They were driving a 1967 Chevy Nova. On their way back, uh, they reported seeing strange lights in the sky. At first, they thought it could be a police car. Uh, with the blue lights and so forth. Uh, Suddenly the car accelerated, even though Mrs. Smith took her foot off the accelerator to a speed of 85 miles an hour. Uh, Mona Smith was in the front passenger seat. She tried to help Louise uh, regain control of the car, but that was not possible. The women began to feel a burning sensation in their eyes. The ignition lights lit up the instrument panel and an indication on the car's engine was stalled, but they were speeding along. (coughs) They saw a wide, brightly lit road ahead of them, and then seconds later, the scene became Highway 78, and they recognized they were on the outskirts of Huttonsville, a full eight miles from where they had been. Checking the time, they found an hour and 20 minutes had passed. So, they supposedly were abducted. See what's what what I like. I, I like this one out of best out of all the stories that you sent me because I can find holes in the other two. Right. But with this one right here, it's really difficult. And I mean, so many people seen strange lights in the sky that night. There was all types of activity. The ladies went underwent the hypnosis thing. All said the same thing. The police. Uh, guy, whatever he gave uh, a lie detector. Yeah, yep. gave a lie detector test. They all passed it. There's just ah, this is a hard one to uh, find holes in. Well, now to 
how do you explain as far as the car accelerating but it was off do you think that was a the tractor beam or, or whatever i mean do you think well, that was what they've been there was actually them being abducted at that point or it, it, yeah it could have been they could have took the whole car because i mean know? you're thinking about a 67 model vehicle if if it's if there's no technology in that to to accelerate a vehicle even with interference so to me that that screams the beginning of their abduction that's when whatever was there was taking them and they they were just they were just seeing they yeah, the cars the cars moving quicker than we were, and that's the only thing they're you know, that's but that's what they reported. And it could be like bending space and time because one theory, one theory is to move across the galaxy as fast as we want to. That's something that you have to do is be able to bend space and time. That's something that a lot of scientists have messed around with, and it's yeah. freaking terrifying. Yeah, they, they, they can they can start a black hole or something. But if uh, you know somebody's. It's, yeah, exactly. It's some, but if somebody is advanced enough to come down here and check us out or whatever, the whole that that could explain the whole loss of time. Sure, sure. Who knows? That was just one theory that I had in my mind. I think one of the coolest things about this is the fact that they all had eye problems. Uh, it's called cleave conjunctivitis, and usually, like, it's like pink eye, but you usually get it from like staring the sun too long or from uh, uh, radiation. It's, yeah, and, uh, stink eyes. What you usually have, crunk eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna fart bare ass on your pillow. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best. Oh my god. One of the best things. One of the best things I ever heard though was uh, Point Pleasant. We all know who the Mothman is. Yes. Good guy. He's nice. You know, big wings. Uh, but the, a lot of the people who saw the Mothman also came down with clean conjunctivitis. Uh, so to me, that says there was some kind of radiation source there. You know. What that radi- I don't know a lot of radiation between uh, Hutton's. Is it Huttonsville? Yes. Hutt- yeah. Okay. Is there a lot of radiation in Huttonsville? But and and didn't the lady say that they had like some burns on their uh, yeah. was it their back or their neck? Uh, or let's see. Uh, when they got home, they uh, found red marks on their backs of their neck. Yep. And they all had the burning and irritated eyes. Yeah. See, that's. It's hard to explain that, and supposedly well, there's there's not a single drop of alcohol that night no, either. My no, favorite no. description of this was all three were nice church going people. <laughs> <laughs> there was no alcohol involved. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Eddie uh, Louise Smith even said that when she splashed water on her face, it caused her pain. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing that uh I, that I found see what 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 to me uh will disprove a lot of people and their stories and stuff is whenever they're trying to profit off of it mm-hmm. that's one big problem that i have with bob lazar Definitely. i mean he, yeah he I, I i how did he know about area 51 I, there's a lot of stuff there but whenever you start trying to profit off of your story to me that takes a lot of the uh i i don't know well it just seems like you're trying to make money more than actually prove what you've seen is real or or try to convince the aliens exist. You're trying to make a buck, it seems like, to me. But this lady right here, she never tried to profit off of her story, didn't even really like right. talking about it. And I watched interviews, and I know in y'all's line, line of profession, you can tell when somebody's lying. Yeah. And, and I'd like to think that I'm kind of good at that, and it just seemed like she's seen something. Sure. I mean, it's, there's not a lot of – heck, I watched when she was like she – was, she was old. But in, I just don't think that I had I had a good vibe from her. I'll yeah. say that. 
Who knows? That's, yeah. that's one of the things I look for, though, is if they're trying to make money from it. Yeah. Right. You know, and, you know, me me too, and we've even talked about that on the show, people making money. Yeah. But, you know, you mentioned Bob Lazar. Yeah, he did make money. But I think he's legit. Yeah, I, I do too. He, he's one of the most, like, I, I, I would want to believe him more than anybody else in my life. And it's just whenever he started that dang website, yeah. man. Like, Did you I, know that he owns a hardware store? A nuclear hardware store. Well, see, here's yeah, the thing. Yeah, is that the website? That, uh, no, so that's the thing. It's like, all right, so if, they, if the government financially ruined you, and and took True. away, you know, you would have to do something. You'd have to start a nuclear hardware store. I mean, how do you think well, that they split the immigrants? How do you free think food and housing and stuff too? Couldn't Bob Lazar get that? No, because they want they don't like Bob Lazar. That's Nazis the government. Are bad. <laughs> <laughs> but also, but also think think about this. I mean, how do you think they split the atom? They've got to have a nuclear chisel and a nuclear hammer. That's where Bob Lazar comes in. That's a fact. Yeah, he, he uh, we were talking about this weeks ago, and he had a train of thought, and he said that Bob Lazar owned a hardware store. Listen, it, because I, I if, knew it was something along those like a supply Bob store or something, but it, it, in my mind it was a hardware store. So I was like, yeah, it's a hardware store. If, if Here to Chew Bubblegum ever gets <laughs> merchandise, we need a Lazar's nuclear hardware store. <laughs> That's Great definitely idea. good idea. Definitely. We need that. Great idea. But, but this woman right here, she never tried to profit off of anything. And rarely even like talking about. I think the other two women hardly talked about it at all. If I if I right, yeah, read yeah, everything well, correctly, well, they were so they were so worried about it that I think only one of them even went to the hospital for their eyes. Mm-hmm. Like they all three had really severe eye burns and eye problems, but one of them, like the two of them, were like, "No, we don't want anyone to know this. You know, we don't want no. anybody to think we're crazy. You know." Yeah, exactly. But, and you. Three church-going women—they're not the ones yeah. that want to be at the front face you know, of a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. And you mentioned this earlier. Uh, in July of 1976, the Lexington Police Department detective James Young separately gave the three women lie detector tests regarding their experience. They all passed with no problems. Uh, and then later that evening, and continuing to the next day, extensive uh, hypnotic regression of the women were also performed, and they told the exact same story. Exactly. And, you know, either they really got their stories together or there was something to it. And what really gets me about this story, though, is just thousands of people around the area seeing something weird that night. You don't just have these three women. You have thousands of people all from around the area that said that they seen strange lights in the sky at the same exact time in the same place. Like, so that's that's what's really good to me. That's not a really well, like at the time in the seventies, those roads weren't like weren't they are now. Like, sure. Yeah. So like you're not seeing, you know, like you're not got yeah. a lot of traffic that's going by. So that's a perfect place if you're going to abduct somebody. You know. Right. Exactly. That's. I mean, I, again, I I can't speak for the aliens. I don't know. You know, but if I was going to abduct somebody. That sounds even worse. You know what? You Nazis say, are bad. You, uh, you sound like you've uh, you've know, been I've, there before a time it. or two. Uh, so, but, did you say you had shovels? So, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, shovels and flashlights. Right. So. I have to. Ask, I have to ask you this, Elliot. Where were you at? Uh, what was the date? January. Where were you at in January of nineteen seventy-six? Uh, I have to plead the fifth. Okay. Sorry, Glazarnock. <laughs> well, we're going to take a break. Uh, I want to thank Eli for sitting thank on you, this. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're going to come back in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to have uh, Ned join us, and we're going to talk about the Paintsville train versus UFO incident. We'll be back in just a moment.
have a Roku device? Do you want to escape the everyday? Then download the Edge TV. That is the Edge TV on your Roku device, spelled capital T, capital H, number sign three. Let James, Stacy, Greg, and the rest of the gang keep you entertained. The Edge TV, available now on Roku. You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum, recorded from a secret location in the city that moves mountains. Greetings. We come in peace. Aliens land in our area. What are some of the people on weekends going to get drunk and do? Shoot it. They're going to go out. (laughs) I'm going to go out here and shoot at this ship. Our next email is from Cronkite Lover from North Carolina. Uh, Hey, now. (laughs) Uh, Cronkite, you are ear and eye candy. Be sure to check out HereToChewBubbleGum.com. Hey everyone, this is Goose from Here to Chew Bubblegum. I want to tell you about my friend T-Shirt Joe at FastCustomShirts.com. T-Shirt Joe is your go-to guy for all your custom work. Also, you can check out their website and find artist originals, college shirts, comics, famous folk, fetish, military, movie shirts, occupations, podcast and website shirts, plus he has face masks and many other items over at FastCustomShirts.com. While there at their website, you can sign up for their newsletter. Or you can give Joe a call at area code 361-814-9212. That's 361-814-9212 to contact my friend T-Shirt Joe at FastCustomShirts.com. To here to chew bubble gum with Goose and Cronkite, and welcome back. Uh, we're continuing our roundtable. We are joined by Cronkite, Hello. Elliot, and Ned. How's it going, Ned? Pretty good. How are you all? We are good. Uh, we won't have any Ned Seds this week, sadly. Uh, we will have uh, in the next couple of weeks. We'll have plenty of Ned Seds. Correct. Right. And we're also, you need to be thinking about some Ned Seds for our uh, debut on WXLR 104.9, March 21st. Ned said. I'll get on that. So, just start thinking about that. Okay, guys, we're going to start off talking about the Paintsville train versus UFO incident. If you're not familiar with this incident, uh, the following is an official report by a CSX engineer. At exactly 2.47 a.m. on January 14, 2002, while working a coal train en route from Russell, Kentucky to Shelbyana, Kentucky, our trailing unit and the first two cars were severely damaged and struck by an unknown floating or hovering object. I know it was 2.47 because my watch froze. And this, and uh, to this day, shows that time. Now, we briefly talked about the Mantell incident and his watch froze. Mm -hmm. And in this incident, the watch also froze. So, you know, it seems like when you have a UFO, uh, and, it, and it could be with the uh, magnetic field, that watches stop. Yes. Okay. Uh, 
this story goes on, and we've talked about this story several times, but uh, if you're new to the show, uh, basically, in a nutshell, the train was coming around a bend and hit, uh, hit an object that was floating or hovering in the sky. There was two objects, and it damaged the train. When the engineers pulled into the train yard, uh, when they lent the train, I should say, to the train yard, uh, they were met by an army of workers. Uh, vehicle doors slamming, guys running around in weird outfits, lights glaring from all directions, but one thing was missing, railroad officials. A guy named Ferguson shook my hand and asked me how, uh, to follow him into the yard office. We did once inside, uh, and they, I mean, have no idea who these people were is what this guy says. Uh, he began to ask us hundreds of questions. Uh, they told us for our own protection we'd be medically tested before we could leave. I asked uh, repeatedly to talk to my railroad foreman or train master only to have these decrest, uh, requests denied and they confiscated the conductor's cell phone. So <clears throat> that's just briefly an explanation of the Paintsville train versus UFO incident. So in our round table, we're going to get into some, to some uh, discussions. Uh, before we get started, uh, we, uh, Cronkite, uh, Ned, uh, we know a guy that works for the railroad. Mm -hmm. And uh, Cronkite, or I guess it was you that brought the story to my attention. Go ahead and share that story with us. Well, he, uh, he actually had the picture, had a picture of the locomotive and he, when we talked about it, he was like, yeah, let me pull that back up and show it to you, and he couldn't find it. Now, this was after we had talked about it on the show, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, what, like a week or two later, it's he, that, he yeah. tried to show a picture, and yeah. it was not on his phone, which, you know, we have see, received emails before that, you know, people's listening to us and watching us, so that makes me think right off the bat that somebody sure uh, got in his cell phone and deleted those pictures. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Because he was like, yeah, let me pull it up. And he said, let me go to the website. He's like, we all talked about it, you know, right. one day at work. And he's like, man, I can't find it. It's like it don't even exist. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty weird. Well, now, what I find strange about this whole incident is the speed at which everything took place. You had, um, first of all, the, pl the, the, the train was trailing with 16,000 tons behind it. And it hits it hits this object, whatever it is, at 30 miles an hour, roughly. And then that object, there's no debris or anything like that. It, I guess, assume it flies away. That's very possible. Um, which is pretty wild, pretty crazy, and and to think about it. Now, with that being said, as soon as they get to to the train yard at Paintsville. Um, the engine, the locomotives, and the train cars are disconnected and put into a tent, a makeshift workshop, I suppose. Right. <clears throat> and so, like all those old X Files episodes, where you know they they put up these tents and they've got right people running around. Right. Essentially that. Yeah. Now, eight hours later, so it goes on to say that those <clears throat> the conductor and the lo and the engineer were put into a, a railroad vehicle and taken to Martin, Kentucky, where they went through questioning again after all the questioning that Ferguson, which, by the way, Ferguson is such a made-up CIA name. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, pick something else. <laughs> Generic. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, so 
After eight hours of rest, they were put back on a train to drive it back to Russell, and there was no sign of anything at Paintsville. Nothing. The locomotives are gone. The train cars are gone. The tents are gone. The There's nothing. The speed at which all of this took place is incredible. Right. So where were those helicopters and suited people, where did they come from? Like, that's of, the question. Out like, of the cave system. Yeah. <laughs> out of the cave system. <laughs> well, uh, what's your closest Army base or uh, military base from Paintsville? Would, uh, would it be the Bluegrass Army Depot in Richmond? I would think so, A couple yeah. hours away? Yeah, I would think so. Unless so. there's unless there's something, you know, closer maybe in West Virginia or something, but I don't I think, think so. I, I, I think. I don't think there is yeah. one closer. I mean, you know, uh, considering with the interstate, what, Paintsville from Richmond, or, yeah, Richmond would just be what, I mean, I'm sure a military vehicle could be there in less than two hours. Sure, probably yeah. an hour and a half, maybe. So. See, well, another thing that's weird about it, that same person, he, he said something along the lines, like, if an issue happens, he said local police isn't even allowed on the locomotive. He's not allowed to, you know, you're not allowed to talk to anybody except for their own police, you know. Right, the CSX police. police. Right. And they essentially so. shuffle them. <clears throat> out of their out of their train, right? And put them into a building, and they take over. They exactly. take over, and they disconnect the engines, the cars, everything. They're doing their thing in these tents with these things. Probably, I'm assuming looking for radiation. But what what's mind blowing is there's no debris from this craft, whatever it is. And what what material do you have to be made out of to not break a piece off when you break a piece off of a tra- of a two locomotives and two coal cars and at 30 miles an hour and not it's, damage or destroy it's it. It's definitely not made of a Kit Kat bar. <laughs> no, for certain. For certain. Did it derail, did they say, or no? No, 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 it, no it did not derail. Uh, from what I, I gather, it, it was kind of a glancing blow, and it kind of went up and over top hmm. of the train, from what I can gather. Now, you know, and you have to look, you know, just – I mean, more than a few miles up the road, but you had the power stations at Ashland. The uh, at at that time, the coal power plants, and 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 so forth. You know, uh, that so, that could explain why they could have been drawn to that area. Sure. So it's weird. It's it's weird because I, I went back and I looked for some stuff, and I found that. Um, so supposedly this happened. You know, like you said, in between what we would call Russell and and Paintsville. Right. At a, a mile marker 42, I don't know if that's a road mile or a train or however they figure that out, but mile marker 42 in an area they call the Wild Kingdom because mm-hmm. there's so much animal life there. They, they've seen bears, elk, deer, everything on those tracks. Right. So what got me was I read a report online that when they saw, you know, you can't stop a train once it's, you know, going so fast, but the the UFO is hovering there or whatever it was, with spotlights mm-hmm. into the creek. So There are three of them. Yeah, so my question is, what are they looking for in an area called Wild Kingdom? Well, wasn't this wasn't the one that they struck? Wasn't it sitting on the truck? Wasn't it actually landed? No. It was, it was just hovering? It was, it was hovering. Okay. Yeah, I think they were all three. If I, The article I, I read said they were all three hovering there, and that it... Broke out a window, I want to say. On yeah, the, on, the, on the first car. Yeah. But that's what gets me. Like, what is what would they be looking for in an eastern Kentucky creek? You know what I mean? Like, what what, what is what is escaped or what is gone? Right. That makes sense. Well, also, uh, along with the guy's watch freezing, the entire electrical systems on both locomotives went haywire. 
uh, when you know this happened. And in a story we talked about earlier, the Stanford abduction. You know, you had the electrical systems in the car and the '67 Nova that went haywire. And even talking about the Mantel, it's the, which could explain the crash of the airplane. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, the car driving, well, you know, accelerating by itself. Mm-hmm. You know, Magnet, you know, magnetic pool. Well, uh, early on when I first started doing the show, I think it was my second episode I talked about this, and I did do a freedom of information request to some agencies. I did hear back from them, but we we, we talked about that uh, on the show too. Uh, it was just basically like we can't find anything. This is being investigated further. Uh, if we do, you know, you'll be the first to know, yada, yada, yada. Still to this day, have not heard anything else back. Yeah. So it it makes you wonder, you know. It's also around the time somebody uh, emailed or texted and tried to bluff us. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Yes, <laughs> so. that's true. Now I'll, I'll just go ahead and throw this one out there. If anyone working for this railroad or around this area that knows anything about this would like to speak with us, you remain completely anonymous. Uh, you can even. Um, you don't even even have to come to the bunker to talk to us. You can answer the answer our questions um, through text or, or email or whatever. That way, there's no 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 issue with you being uh, conflict of interest or anything Found like that. Out. Right. Um, but we would love to talk to you because this is this is very interesting at stuff. Anybody at any point of the story. If you were there at Paintsville, if you were there at Martin, if you were on the train, if you knew them when they left from uh, Ashland, if you were in the Shelbyana uh, depot that they were going to, if if you know of this story in any way, please contact us. Mm-hmm. Now this, you know, and this is a story that we would definitely keep on following because you know, I mean, it's so, you know, all right, you know, and it even says on on about any website that you find, it says. This is an official report by the CSX engineer. Mm-hmm. It says that on about anywhere you find this. And we've talked about this before. And we'll, let's get your take on this. It is well written like a report as from a CSX engineer would write. Yeah, it's, it's not something that, like fan fiction, that somebody's going to get online and, and just type it up. I mean, there's a lot of... Facts. Well, yeah, there's a lot of facts, and there's a lot of what I call jargon that is specific to the the railroad industry. Right. And it's not something that somebody's just going to make up and throw out there. So, yeah, I believe it's an official report. I, it's just this case, out of all the cases that you all have talked about, this one drives me insane because there's just so much to it. First of all, I think it's easy to say we're all in eastern Kentucky right now. So this is close to home. Yes. You know, this, this is a close to home the railroads run through every place that we live. We were a mining, you know, we were basically the mining capital of the world for a while there. But what what are three UFOs doing over top of a railroad track and creek in eastern Kentucky, and why could they not sense a train coming to get out of the way? Like, what was going on? What was so important to them that they couldn't see a huge train with 16 tons of whatever trailing behind it coming at them that they couldn't move out of the way it's probably one of their drones well <laughs> you know if, if it wasn't if, in the shape of a bird if, no. if <laughs> you go on some message boards mm-hmm. they say that this could have possibly been a mil- military drones at that time because you know it was in the early 2000s I don't think that. and you know that that is one explanation yeah. but if that was the case 
I don't think that they would It wouldn't have, have survived the hit, I don't think. I, I, I don't think it would have, and I don't think they would have went and put so much manpower into Paintsville with the tents and the right. workers and everything. Well, that, that makes it even more interesting because then what is the military lost that they're right. looking for and can't see a train coming? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, this is just one of those that it threw me for a loop when I first heard about it. It is wild. It's a yeah. wild. It's a wild story. But now going back to that that official report, do you think that that report was scripted, written by, hey, this is what you're going to write by Ferguson. Hey, this is what you're going to write. Just the that's actually a good point. Just at just the very basic information. I don't care what you actually saw. This right. is what you're going to say. Yeah. I don't. I don't think so because he mentions the name Ferguson. I think so. Like you said, Ferguson made up name. Well, so, so you you think Ferguson made him write this? I think he gave his statement, mm-hmm. and they removed and added, then said, okay. "This is it." Well, I certainly don't believe. Well, with I mean, any. if you trace back when this was uh, uh, originally posted, it was posted, uh, and I can't think of the name of the website that I saw that on, but like a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks at the latest after it happened, yeah. you know, in two thousand two. Uh, and it didn't gain until a few years later, but it's the exact same thing. Well, I don't. I, you're you're never going to convince me that they sent this much manpower into Paintsville. For they 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 were able to disconnect four four large or two locomotives, two coal cars, four large vehicles, inspect them <clears throat> in a tent, get them whatever, and move them out. And within eight hours, you're never going to convince me that Ferguson, if that's his, his real name. Well, I'm sure it's not. Is, if that <laughs> is his real name. Didn't script that report. Well, it, uh, you're one, not going to put that kind of manpower into something like that too, and just let some rando conductor, engineer, get out of there with the well, information. You know what I mean? Maybe he wrote this report after, you know, for CSX. Possible, but then why would it? Why would it be out there? Because then Ferguson, you, you know, you know, as soon as they, I don't know, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I, mean, I really well, don't that's, think that's, that's the case. Well, I mean, you know, and that's a very good possibility. Well, uh, one, one thing that I read too is that they actually put that team back on a train and sent it back to Ashland. Did you all read that? Yeah, yeah, but that it wasn't the same train. It was, it wasn't the same train. But when they went through Paintsville, none of that was there. That's what I said. The that, speed at I'm which saying, everything like, happened with it was within eight hours. They come back through nothing, nothing. You could yeah. not tell nothing. Anything had happened there. That's crazy. crazy. You know, crazy. I just think if Ferguson had him write it, that the name Ferguson would not have been in there. The stuff about the slamming doors and the, you know the tents and all that, all that stuff would have been omitted. It wouldn't well, have been there. Well, they want to give you a little bit. You know what I mean? If you had just said, "Oh, well, they hit a bit of deer," you know what I'm saying? Well, if they it, also if they took these two locomotives and two coal cars, CSX is going to want to know where their property is. You know what I mean? So you have to write a report to okay. to say something. But you, you go on, you go on in this report, and it talks about. Let me go to the last page here. While while he's looking for that, so I went online too while I was researching this and found some train web, you know, train like enthusiasts or whatever. I don't know websites. And there were a lot of people that, that are like, yeah, I could see stuff like this happening. I worked for the railroad my entire life. And uh, this is a tame story compared to some of the stories we could tell. Like, yeah, like it's apparently railroads are a big hot spot. So who knew? Like, well, that's know. even better. Well, any, yeah. see, any, any railroad people want to talk to us, call well, us you in. know, I mean, even when I did this on the show, you know, before you joined us, I talked about a second incident in Kentucky. That was, I think, in central Kentucky. And there was one in Indiana. Indian, yeah, I seen the one in uh, Indiana last night. 
But, uh, you know, uh, okay, going on your theory that Ferguson had him write this out, okay. Uh, first, if he did do that, how was this guy able to put this on the World Wide Web three weeks later? Or somebody with CSX put this on the World Wide Web three weeks later. Plus, he says, and this goes back to, um, let's see, after all of this, we were sent out on to Shelbyana, where we took rest eight hours and then worked another train back to Russell. So, I mean, it's after the fact, after they left. How would Ferguson be like, all right, here's what I want you to put after that's a good point, but what I'm what I'm going to say is, you have to look at the fact that four uh, four pieces of equipment from CSX are 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 gone. They're whatever they've done with them, and I'm not sure if CSX is, but I'm sure it's a publicly traded company, and it's got to be uh, open records within their for their investors to be like, hey, this is this is where your equipment is, uh, and also. Here, here's the report of what actually happened to that equipment. Well, you know, that's possible. You go on some of the uh, websites, uh, the Intel ones with the, the black vault, and you punch in Paintsville or UFO, nothing ever comes up like that. You can punch in train versus UFO. Nothing that I have not saw nothing as of yet. I'm just, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm reaching for straws as far as trying to, to make to to justify why why that report would have been written like that. I seriously do believe that someone in the government, whether it was Ferguson or whether it was a mole at CSX, m- made that report what it says. I believe that. I think they let it let it still be out there, let it be released like the Bob Lazar thing. You know, let, they let him talk. You know, to try to debunk himself to make him look like a. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's true. Because at no point does he ever say, does, does anyone say, all he says was, let's see, uh, at least three objects had several search lights on train there. The first object hovered above about 10 to 12 feet above the track, metallic silver in color with multiple lights. At no point does he say it looked extraterrestrial in origin or uh, he, all he's talking about is he sees light, search lights. Right. You know what I mean? So so let's, let's, let's look at it this way then. You know, Eli's not here, but he was talking about how maybe it's government, maybe it's government, you know, drones or a government craft of some sort. And the easiest way to deny that it's a government one is to put the the ideal that it's extraterrestrial out there to the people around. Then you don't have people looking for government, you know, airplanes or drones. You got people looking for UFOs. And, yeah, smokescreen. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Yeah, makes sense. It's very possible. Very possible, and it uh, doesn't make it any less interesting if it's a government drone. You know, it's still right. No, yeah, one of those things that you want to be like, "What is this? But Why were you there? What were you doing?" Yeah. That's well, it. Actually, actually, I think I think it's a good point. It may be even more interesting if it was yeah. a government drone. You know, yeah. Well, um, in two thousand two, uh, I have talked to people in the past that was in the military. Drones weren't a big thing then. They weren't, you know, as widely known as they are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the government did have secret drones, and they were experimenting stuff with them uh, shortly after uh, September 11th. So, you know, and they were, you know, real secretive of what they had and what their drones could do. Uh, but, you know, the point comes back, why would you be in... in <laughs> the Wild Kingdom. In Johnson County, <laughs> yeah. you know. Why do they even need drones? They have the birds, right? Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> 
That's your theory. The Dale Earnhardt birds. What's I, I'm, I'm you know I think Ned's got something there, guys. I'm yeah. telling you. So so you actually believe the bird grown? I, I actually don't, but I'm trying to get Ned to talk about it. So <laughs> think about it. I mean, you, you should hear some of his other theories. It's possible. Hey, listen, you know a theory is. Why is it possible, Ned? I mean, that would be the best drone on the planet. Is it? Is Not it, saying it's true. Is it? Is that Maybe. the reason they they perch up on on power lines and recharge? <laughs> <laughs> I do have a friend in New York that says he, he swears he's never seen a baby pigeon. Really? He says he's just seen pigeons, never seen a baby pigeon. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I know that. Eh? But I, he, I mean, Because they're seagulls before they're pigeons. They're what? what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Seagulls? Right. We'll be right back. Seagulls. <laughs> seagulls. Seagulls. Yeah. Okay. We're not taking a break here. No, no, no. It's time for a break. No. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, so, uh, before we do move on to take a break, what's, what's your closing thoughts on the Paintsville train versus UFO? I think that coming in, coming into this today, talking about UCSX train versus UFO, I was convinced that it was a actual UFO extraterrestrial. But talking with Elliot and Ned and yourself, now, I mean, it – it's 100% either one or the other, a UFO or a drone. Right. Like, I, I didn't come into this thinking it was a drone. But now that – it's 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 pretty interesting. I don't know. I, well, you know, uh, to me it's still fascinating that they won't put any more information about sure. this out. Sure. So, you know, and this is something we'll definitely keep checking on and uh, pursuing. Listen, this is Eastern Kentucky. You can't keep – and I, I live here. Nobody can keep a secret. Somebody out there has to know something. Let True. us know. Let us True. know. It's time for it to be out in the world. It's 20 years later. Oh, good point. Good point. It actually is. Like, it's so, going to be 20 years yeah. next year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, next year. So what's your closing thoughts, final thoughts, before we take a break? If you know anything, call in. <laughs> <laughs> and how can they do that? Uh, they can email us and they can text us. Uh-huh. You want to give those out? That's Cronkite's deal right there. Uh, you want me to do it? Okay. Yeah. yeah 606. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, yeah, if you want to text or call call in, leave a voicemail or text, you can always reach us at 606-373-3396. You can also email us, goose at here to chewbubblegum.com or myself, Cronkite, at here to chewbubblegum.com. And currently at the moment until they get their – the uh, two other guys. The two other, the two other still, randos. Still, <laughs> still until they get their other uh, email addresses, you can reach them at here to chew bubblegum at yahoo.com. Attention, Ned or Elliot. We also have a Facebook page, and I don't know if you guys have ever used it or not, but there are comment sections and messages, messages you can reach us at. It rolls well. right off the tongue. You know what? I, you know, I'm I'm getting better at my radio voice. How, this is Cronkite. I like that. You want to take us out, Elliot? Do I? Sure. You're listening to here to chew, no. See, you're listening to here to chew bubblegum. Wait a second. Well, you're taking us out. I like I like uh, Mexican food. I do like Mexican food too. All right, let's take us out. All right, sounds good. <laughs> I need uh, what's happening? Two <laughs> two polio locos. Uh, no, you're listening to here to chew bubblegum the podcast. Don't forget, we're coming to WXLR. Uh, that is this month, and we'll be back. You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. If Abraham Lincoln were alive, he'd listen, but he's dead. Are you a horror movie fan? Yeah, I dig horror movies.
Boys? Are you searching for a great internet horror talk radio show to listen to? Why, sure, that sounds quite spiffy. Then you need to tune in to DeadPit.com. It's the original horror talk radio show. DeadPit is a show by the fans and for the fans. Uncensored and unbiased opinions are the goal of the show, giving fans honest reviews on new films and vintage classics of the horror genre. Make DeadPit.com your number one horror station destination. Greetings. We come in peace. Hello everyone, I'm Goose, and we invite you to join us Sunday, March 21st at 10 p.m. I'm Cronkite, and you heard that right. Our show, Here to Chew Bubblegum, is coming to 104.9 WXLR. We'll be discussing UFOs, time travel, lost treasure, Bigfoot, paranormal, and other strange events. Be sure to tune in March 21st at 10 p.m. for Here to Chew Bubblegum on 104.9 WXLR. Part two of our roundtable discussion. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it's a uh, not as long show in the part two as we normally have, but hey, you know, yeah, we're here. Uh, don't forget next Sunday, uh, the twenty first, WXLR one hundred four point nine, uh, ten p.m. Mm-hmm. Here to chew bubblegum takes the airways. It's exciting. I'm very excited. It's very, I'm very exciting. excited. Um, before we go, I want to say special thanks to Carlin for all of his voiceover work, for allowing us use, to use the music of Flannery. Uh, CK Uncle Bill, ST3B, the rest of the guys, DeadPit.com. James, Stacy, Greg, and the rest of the gang at The Edge Studios. That's The Edge, spelled T-H number sign three, over at YouTube. Uh, and T-Shirt Joe, FastCustomShirts.com. And also, if you guys uh, want to reach out to us, you can always call, leave uh, leave a voicemail or text message, 606-373-3396. You can always email us, goose at here to chew bubblegum.com or cronkite here to chew bubblegum.com. That's C-R-O-K-I-N-K-I-T-E. Uh, and also, you have Ned and Elliot. You can reach here to chew bubblegum at yahoo.com, attention Ned or Elliot, whichever one you want to look forward to. And uh, that's absolutely correct. We will be back next week with an all-new show. We don't know yet what we'll be talking about. What we may not be talking about, you'll have to find out next week, correct? Exactly. And also, uh, there will be no midweek moment. Mm -mm. Uh, We're going to have a best of midweek moment. Mm -hmm. And you know what's going to be one of the best moments. Your top ten song list. (sighs) Come on, man. I hate you. No, you don't. I do. No, you don't. No, I do. Anyway, thanks for joining, guys. We will see you next time on Here to Chew Bubblegum. See ya. Thanks for listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Tune in next time as we dive deeper into things the government doesn't want us to know.